Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Third John, the Elder. To my dear friend Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. Please send them on their way in a manner that honours God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephus, who loves to be first, will not welcome us. So when I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. I love this last letter of John. It exposes what the apostles had to deal with. Apostolic life wasn't dramatic miracle followed by dramatic miracle. Apostolic life was dramatic miracle followed by someone slagging you off, followed by encouraging another believer, followed by dealing with someone who wants to be first, followed by dramatic miracle. We can sometimes conjure up an image of being anointed that is so far from people's normal life. We can think that being anointed would mean being freed from the grubbiness of actually loving sinful people. It's a massive shame when we do so. We see that for John, the greatest joy was not an eye-popping miracle, nor a standing ovation when he preached. His greater joy was hearing that his children were walking in the truth. John had seen so much. He said there wouldn't be enough books in the world to write down all he'd seen Jesus do. He'd watched as the fledgling Jesus movement spread and was established in many countries around the Mediterranean. Yet he never tired of the simple joy of seeing one person doing well with Jesus. John never lost sight of the children of Jesus, each one precious, each one to be loved and celebrated and rejoiced over when doing well. Doesn't John's heart remind you of Jesus's heart? Doesn't his delight in people exude divine dignity? Doesn't it glitter and glow like the goodness of God? I want to be like John. I want my greatest joy to be raising sons and daughters, to be hearing someone I've walked with rave about what Jesus is doing in their life. I want to whoop with wonder when somebody tells me they're walking in the word. So. I'm going to go looking for it. I'm going to go joy hunting, choosing to invest in relationships, choosing to embrace the grubby alongside 
the miraculous. Because in relationships, you see growth. I want to take chances to hear how others are doing and then grinning with gladness when they gabble about their goals. Here's a question for reflection. Are you investing in raising sons and daughters? What joy could it give you? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.